Now I realize that what I just read to you was not what was printed in your bulletin. What I read to you today was the proper gospel of the day. What is printed in the bulletin is the proper gospel for the Feast of St. Francis, which we just experienced earlier in the week. But I think they both share something in common. In the gospel for St. Francis, Jesus says, I thank you, Father, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. And in the gospel I read to you, Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could command this mulberry tree to be uprooted and plant itself in the sea. So through God, all things are possible. Through the ministry of Jesus Christ, we can see that God's plan is essentially the world turned upside down. And that's sort of what he's saying when he says, you have revealed these things Uh, from little children, and you've hidden them from the wise and the intelligent. In other words, uh, the ways of this world and the the structures and the, the wisdom of life, everything we would expect is completely the opposite. Think of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. The Son of God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, comes to earth not as a mighty conqueror or as a great king, but as a humble son of a carpenter and a young maiden. And he tells us that if we have the faith of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. Now, St. Francis is one of the more famous saints, and he's well known for his love of animals and also creation. And so we oftentimes see statues of him residing in our gardens. And that's a wonderful thing, but I think it uh, sort of simplifies, oversimplifies his life and his ministry just a bit. You see, St. Francis had that faith the size of a mustard seed, and he gave up much to serve God. He was the son of a wealthy cloth merchant. Now, this was, these were the days of the Silk Road in which fine fabrics would, would traverse all of Asia and make their way to Europe at great cost and great expense, and St. Francis's family became very wealthy because of that trade. And Francis, of course, was expected to uh, follow the footsteps of his father and join the family business when the time was right. And he probably expected to do that himself, until one day when he went into a church, a church that was in disrepair, And he heard the voice of God say to him, Francis, rebuild my church, for it is in ruins. Francis was moved by these words and took them quite literally, raising the money to restore, physically restore that church. But in doing so, something was stirred in his heart, and he wanted to take that another step further. He wanted to rebuild God's church in people's hearts and in people's minds and in the world in which he lived. And so he shunned the wealth of his family. Now, this caused quite a lot of strife between him and his father and other family members. He also shunned the status that the family enjoyed on earth. He made himself intentionally poor so that he might become spiritually rich. People didn't understand that because, of course, that's the way of the world. 
We are taught back then and now that if we strive and acquire, then all will be well. We will have made it. But in the words of Jesus, you have hidden these things, these these pearls of wisdom from the wise and the intelligent, and that you have revealed them to infants or the simple or those who have consciously made themselves simple in order to receive God. Simple like Our Lady who received through the Holy Spirit the incarnation of Christ. And so he began this ministry and it became very attractive to people and he was held up as quite a godly man. His uh, association with animals comes from a number of stories, one of which is the story of the wolf of Gubbio. Gubbio was a town in Italy and there was a wolf who was attacking the livestock and also attacked some people. Naturally, the townsfolk wanted the wolf destroyed. The wolf was only trying to satisfy his own needs. He needed to eat. And so it is said that St. Francis went to the woods and found the wolf and met him and talked to him as if he were a human being and said that you're causing pain and strife. You're destroying people's livelihoods and you're also hurting the people of God. It is said that the wolf actually understood the words of Francis and felt remorse, but he needed to eat. And so Francis promised him that if he stopped his attacks, he would make sure that the townspeople fed him for the rest of his life. And so the wolf, it is said, put his paw in the hand of the saint and a deal was struck. And so St. Francis walked the wolf into the middle of town to the horror of everyone around, but he calmed the crowd and said, I have spoken to the wolf, and he has agreed not to harm us or your livestock as long as you feed him. And again, he shook the paw of the animal to show this. And the wolf, from that point on, was so grateful to the people that he became the protector of the city. It was also said that St. Francis could communicate with birds as well. And so those are interesting stories, but I think one that we need to think about today, though, in terms of the, uh, of the mustard seed of faith, is something that St. Francis forced himself to do. Despite all of his godliness and his ability to communicate with, with God and seemingly with animals and other people, he still had a fear, an intense fear and a revulsion to lepers. Now, one day he was riding his horse and he came upon a leper and his instincts were to pull back and to turn away. But then something spoke inside of his conscience and he got down from his horse. He approached the leper, embraced him and kissed him. And from then on, of course, began a ministry to those afflicted with leprosy. And while we might not thankfully, be afflicted, have people around us afflicted with leprosy these days, we can still follow that example of St. Francis and go to those who need us, who we might, for whatever reason, have a revulsion to or a fear of. Um, I was just uh, this week at a conference that I attend every year of uh, priests, and this year we met in uh, Tucson, Arizona, and went down to the borderlands to, to see some ministries that are going on there. One of the things we saw that remind me of this ministry of St. Francis and his hugging of the leper is something called the Children's Clinic. And there's an Episcopal church in Nogales that every Thursday, 
first Thursday of the month, for 40 years now, volunteers come to the church. They uh, make lunches and dinners. Doctors come, nurses, people who make prosthetics, hearing aids, speech therapists, anything that is needed by children. And they bus children in uh, from across the border, and they come to this Episcopal church and receive life-changing treatments Some of them require more complex treatments or surgeries, and this group has made a a partnership with the Shriners Hospitals, and in those cases, they will fly the children and the family free of charge to a hospital in California where they receive surgeries such as uh, cleft palate uh, restorations. And children are followed up on throughout their their growth years from the time they're infants until they're 19 years old, if if they need it for that long. And so I was so impressed and so touched by the work that is being done by those people there that started with just three mothers, three mothers who all had children with cerebral palsy, who at the time, 40-some years ago, had no resources around them. And this is a pretty remote area to begin with, but no resources for support or for uh, therapy for their own children. And so they were determined, and they had faith, and they built this Thing, this ministry that still to this day brings life and healing to those who are most in need. And so I think that is very much in the tradition of St. Francis, who, yes, he loved the animals, yes, he loved creation, but he also loved the people of God. And he worked tirelessly throughout his life to extend that hand of healing and love to those around him. So as we celebrate him today, let us remember him in his fullness, not just uh, as someone who loved animals or who loved the earth, but who loved God above all things and felt the richness of God's love and spread it throughout the world in his own lifetime and for many centuries beyond. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.